Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Owen O'Sullivan and today's guest on the show is Sunita, one of the premier vocalists in Ireland at the moment. You might have heard her voice on La Galaxy's debut album, La Club. She sung on Tell Me Twice. You might have heard it on Dahi's debut album, In Flight. She sung on two songs there, Case Closed and Golden Blush. You might have heard it on Bantam's second album, which was Choice Prize nominated. Uh, she sung on a song with Russ and Gano family called Feel Your Rhythm on that. You might have heard her with her own music as well. Uh, she's the lead singer in the Cork R&B hip-hop band Shukra, formerly known as Mustache Latty. We talk about that in the forthcoming interview, so I'm not sure if we make that 100% clear, but that's what they used to be called. They're now called Shukra, and they're also now really amazing. And she has her own stuff as well with uh, a producer from Limerick called Graham S. Uh, Their act is called Lake Rama and they just released their second EP which is called Contactless and it's on Spotify right now. Shukra have a new EP themselves coming out. I hope that you're following all this. If you know you need maybe you've got to uh, go back and get a piece of paper and a pen and just like write down all these notes. Shukra have a new EP called Clichés coming out on May 19th. They've released two singles so far to date, Garascophobia, which is a young person with a fear of growing old. Just, just you know, just so you know that for future reference. And uh, the newest single is called Our Own Way, which has its own video, and that was released um, on Friday, April 28th. So the EP is coming out on May 19th, so a couple of weeks ahead of its release and ahead of them supporting Billy Ocean uh, around Ireland. I got to sit down with Sunita and we talked about lots and lots of stuff. We uh, we talked about lyrics, we talked about the Cork scene at the moment and kind of how the loss of the Pav is kind of still making Cork recover or how Cork is still recovering from the loss of the Pav. And we also just talk about I guess being an R&B band in Ireland and in Cork and just trying to find your feet and and everything that goes along with that. So they're playing in absolutely loads of festivals and loads of gigs over the summer. So if you haven't seen seen Shukra before, you've got to check them out. Um, as for The Point of Everything, well, you can listen on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search for The Point of Everything. You can follow on Twitter at TPOE blog or on Facebook as well. The Point of Everything. Okay, so let's just get into it. This is Sunita, lead singer of Shukra. I'm not going to go back over everything that she's done. And yeah, just enjoy the interview. Thanks a lot for listening. I'm surprised you've almost like found time to actually talk to me because you're like right in the middle of like releasing Lake Rama stuff, which came out yesterday and uh, Shukra stuff, which is coming out next week or in two weeks. Uh, It's actually out on May 19th. So the, the full EP will be out May 19th, but Our Own Way dropped yesterday as well. So I kind of found myself in a bit of a flux that way in terms of I was like, <laughs> two releases, two different mediums. Ah, But yeah, good things, good things. And there's a music video for that as well that also premiered on Joe.ie. Ah, very good. And you've got a gig coming up as well tomorrow. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is a busy weekend. Is this like as busy as you can remember being with the with the band? Uh, with the bands? <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I suppose in 2015, it kind of did get a bit more, um, hectic that way. Like pretty much most weekends we had gigs on at festivals. We played like Body and Soul, Electric Picnic, Knock and Stockin, 
I was playing with the Galaxy as well then for Longitude and doing uh, their album release. So like as far as like whenever it's like release season and things are out and we're, you know, putting stuff out, it kind of just gets busy like that as well. And and then the fact that I'm doing, you know, two two different musical outfits as well just means that it's double time speed. One of the questions that I was going to ask you is like, oh, it's been three years between your EPs. Like what was, yeah. what was the length between it? But it sounds like you were just busy yeah. 2015, 2016. Yeah, I think the EP, when did we drop the EP? So we started in 2013 and then the EP came out in like October 2014 or something. So that was implicit content. And it kind of took some time for that to build a bit of momentum. We put out the first single woman, possibly around the late summer of 2014. The anthem woman. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Um so yeah, whenever yeah, so the the initial single came out and the video came out and it kind of you know it cycled around nine or nine and have and different things like that and it was great and there was great feedback in terms of oh cool you know uh, cork based R and B sweet that's that's good and then between the EP coming out and our actually doing loads of gigs it kind of built up a lot of uh, it, it it kind of very slowly built up momentum um, and there wasn't really all that much going on probably between like October and the summer. So that gave us loads of time to work on our live site and get that really fully fleshed out and stuff. Um, so yeah, yeah. Then from then on, it's been like steadily something happening at one point or another recording. The EP took a year. I think that that's probably the longest period of time for a five track yeah. <laughs> <laughs> EP. Like when it's out, you're like, ah, oh, great. Like the actual putting out of it is, it just happens, you know? Yeah. Um, Wait, what takes, what takes so long? Um, well, one, we've mutated a couple of different times. At one point, there was nine of us. Um, nine? Yeah, because like, there was nine. eight of us initially when we were like Mustache Latte going, transitioning into Shukra. And um, and then Anya, our saxophonist at the time, I don't know if you remember that we had yeah, one. Okay. She had some health complications, which meant that she had to stop playing sax. So she was playing synth, Dermot was playing keys. Then we had Tom playing sax and before that we were eight so there was a period in which tom edwards was kind of dropping in and out as saxophonist and he he also recorded on the ep implicit content around the time that anya had um, some health complications so yeah at that point it was just like we're raising a family <laughs> you know um and and then yeah I, I guess we kind of yeah i suppose even the year that we took out to record the ep was kind of good for us in terms of we were like right so We've got some new things that we've been writing in the meantime. Like, what do we want to do with them? Do we want sax? Like, what is our sound? Do we want to kind of, you know, stay in the vein of what the last EP was? Or are we rooting for something a bit different? And um, the guys wanted to do it all themselves. Emmett and Eden Ray, who was in our band at that time, who has been replaced by Brian Donnelly now. We have a new bassist. Um, so, yeah, the changing, I think just between the changing faces of the actual band and then just kind of changing what we thought our dynamic and what our, like, content is going to be like and how we want to go about doing it because we just found ourselves struggling to balance everything initially because we just didn't really, we didn't really know what we were doing and the decision to be, like, a band that are having the crack and writing some tunes together versus, like, okay, we're actually going to try and, like, do gigs and make music and see as to whether we can, you know, make it a viable thing that we can continue doing, you know. that That is a big decision, you know, and it takes time. Is it weird actually kind of sitting down and talking about that? Are you like, okay, come on, we have to, we have to think about this like kind of career wise, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was weird because basically, you know, it started off as like eight friends coming out of like the, you know, the uh, heavy sesh, um, you know, discombobulated at like being graduated and being adults and figuring out what it is that you want to do with your lives kind of period 
to somewhat taking some steps towards doing that and then also deciding actually we're making some really cool tunes here and people seem to like it and you know it's great working with one another so maybe this can be a really good outlet towards you know paving uh, more certain ways as to what we want to do uh, with regards to music anyway you know um, so it's a funny thing where you're just like oh, I've seen you in all the compromising situations and having the crack and you kind of can't really take each other seriously to being like what is our band name and you know having three lists among nine people and eventually coming out to Sugar and then just being like, what's our EP name? You know, and like just having these really, you know, practical discussions and everyone having probably different versions of what they think is a practical thing to do relative to what we want to do, you know. But again, you know, in this last year where we took the time out, because we just figured that like it was just too busy trying to do gigs, write songs, record stuff and try and have like business chats about it, which definitely there is a business side to it, you know. And, and we've been way more, I think, um, discerning about that this time around, you know. And, and how we want to like release music and how we want to portray ourselves and just overall, the overall thing. Not thinking of ourselves too much as a package, but also being aware of the fact that there's definitely a huge element of that. I guess 2015 must have been a good learning curve for that. Just like yeah. if you're playing gigs every week and you're talking to like the galaxy yeah. all the time, like you know what it takes to actually make it work. Yeah, totally. I mean, and they make it seem easy as well, because like, I mean, if you look at like these guys like Ross and Gana family, the galaxy and all these people, they're doing really, you know, they're doing really well on account of the fact that yes they've got the cop on to kind of um really think about what they want and they've been working on it hard enough and long enough that they know what they want um but then also they kind of have a really good medium where they can have crack with it too you know and just take it lightly and, and let their own personalities come through so i think there was a point at which we were just really stressed and kind of like oh my god we've got all these things we have to do you know like there was just loads of things going on and we just didn't really know how to place ourselves because we didn't have the time to just even go right this is what we want to do for the year like we've planned this out and this is what we gauge will be the outcome and and then roll with that you know so this time around it's it's a lot better uh, or a lot easier to kind of have fun with it as well as um get the work done when when Shuker was starting out or when Mustache Lati is yeah he used to be called we're mm -hmm. starting out was it just like you said earlier just kind of having the crack and stuff like that and just totally. kind of just see where it goes I don't even think we s thought to see where it goes really you know it was a very cushy situation um I did a covers gig with Dan Collin who's um the core like the oldest standing member of the band aside for myself and possibly am it now at this stage. Um, and it was myself, Dan Collin, and David Carey. I don't know if you remember him. He was a friend of ours, really tops bassist. And we just did uh, a covers gig of loads of R&B bit bits, you know, things that I kind of had been like doing in college and then other stuff that I was just really interested in playing and that we all agreed were sweet, sweet jams. Um, and then Emmett approached afterwards and it was just like class gig, you know, loads of friends were there and they were really encouraging and really nice. And also I guess we were like fairly friendly, but not like solid friends at that stage, you know. This is like five four years ago um so yeah it's so basically what came out of that was that loads of friends were like oh sweet didn't know that you were into all these things how about this that and the other and we just compiled a set list in which we were like what if we played the pav which was like a really uh encouraging fairly accessible you know um kind of sanctuary i suppose for us i'm sure that you remembered at the time we, we pretty much used to go to most of their gigs there especially if they were like r&b oriented and all this kind of stuff so it was a great place to start doing that on a public sphere and just being like we'll do half a set of covers gigs we'll try and jam a couple of new songs out and they were fairly sketchy probably at the time but we were really proud of them and really into them and we had a really great turnout and the more that we kept trying it the more that we were like actually people are into this and if we tried to give more time to it it could be something you know um, so yeah, it was like it, w it wasn't until such time we like recorded Velvet Love, which was I think our very first single. I don't know if it's even hanging out on the cybersphere anymore or whether it's definitely there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So once we recorded that, we were like, okay, this is fun. This is nice. This is, you know, cool. I wonder if we can try and record something more. And it was whenever we were recording the EP, they were like, flip, this is like a lot of work. There's so many aspects to it. There's so much money involved. There's, you know, so much orchestrating time between eight people. And or what what happened people. to the fun? The fun was still there, but I think that we were still probably too much in the fun. So we were like, ah, sure, it'd be grand, you know, <laughs> uh, which, you know, which we're probably all want to, to doing every now and again. But, but I get, you know, I suppose we figured that, you know, as much as it was going to be grand, um, uh, when you know the opportunity cost of like actually just putting more time of it uh, into it was lost a bit, a little bit because so much interest was there, and then the EP was out and the singles out, and then people were like, "What's the follow up?" And we were like, "Uh, uh you know." <laughs> so something else. Yeah. Well, one thing we were just kind of like, maybe we should call ourselves something that's a little less uh, intangible and, and kind of just visceral, and maybe you know make it an actual, you know, a good name, something that we'd want to stand by for more than a year. Can you remember the other names that you were <laughs> that you were playing around with? Oh, Said that there was three lists or something. Crass. Oh God, <laughs> uh, like Pleasure Island. I don't know things that were just ridiculous, like tongue in cheek things that were either too like quirk centric or else like just too suggestive. And <laughs> I was just like, lads, I'm not going to tell my like parents or anyone else that I'm like in a band <laughs> called you know Cream Dream or something, <laughs> you know. Um, right, so if you meet if you meet Sunita on a night out or something, <laughs> you can you can ask her. So what are the names of the bands? Yeah, yeah. I think hopefully we still have a list somewhere to incriminate ourselves with at some point. But yeah, hidden for the time being. Um, and so like, how did it? How did you when you went to uh, record the new EP? You said that you kind of sat down and talked about what it would be, um, what the content wise it would be, sort of thing. So yeah. like, did you decide to kind of go on a slightly different path? Um, well, I suppose as we were like, when we were doing festivals and stuff like that, we just didn't have that much time to even, we had like threads of ideas. We just didn't have all that much time to develop them. So as a kind of, we did like, I think we did um, The Other Voices, Dingo Trail. And that was when we were like, right, okay, cool. We're just going to like, you know, phase into the new 2015 year. 2015 or? 2015, yeah. So that was, I think we did it in the, the brewery there. I can't remember the name. Um, and... Um, I think, yeah, we just pointedly decided we're just going to take some time out and develop the songs because there's there's no point in just recycling the same tunes all the time. And and with that, we were like, maybe if we actually recorded ourselves, um, although recording with Chris was wonderful, but, you know, he, he's, he's a sound engineer and he has studio time and he has other people that are interested in that too. But we were like, if we maybe have just the room to do that on our own and everyone was well capable, um, Emmett is a nerd, Eden Ray is a sound engineer, um, you know, Dermot is uh, arrangement and music theory uh, analyst, kind of, but great, great as well. Like, so you have all these really great minds just being like, maybe we should just take this time, record ourselves. We have the equipment. We'll keep writing stuff. We'll record it and then have the retrospect, basically, to 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 listen to it and go, is this a you know, is this a good arrangement? Is it too crowded? Because all of us have such good ideas and so many things that we're drawing influence from, and especially now where R and B is taking this kind of hybrid jazz and everything else in between turn, you can just be like, yeah, I've got a good idea. I'm just going to slap it into the song, you know, and then you have like six riffs going on and white noise basically, you know? So um, it was a good year in terms of that. And I think that Emmett and Eden and Dermot particularly wanted to record it themselves just because of the fact that they wanted to kind of get a sound that was maybe less referential to things that we really like and maybe something that would be closer to what we are, you know? Um, and they did that. They really did that the EP is... Um, it's really well-rounded and there's kind of like peaks and troughs in it where it's delicate and where it's gritty and, you know, where it's like really full-on um, hooks everywhere like gyroscophobia. 
Um, so that was one point of decision, I think. That was the first one, one of the decisions was like, yes, let's write some songs and then let's record them as we go along. And then we can kind of have more focus even in our practice and when we're writing songs and going, you know, like there's one song that we cut called Sucker to the Beat and we, we thought it was really good at the time, but you don't have that space to actually listen to what's going on in the music when you're in it and there's like seven people there. Do you know, it's, it's really busy at the time and you're like, yeah, that felt great, you know, versus listening to it and going, okay, you know, there's a lot going on here. Yeah, um, the the actual songs, the two that have come out so far, anyway, are kind of they're really interesting lyrically. Is oh, that yeah. um, do do you write the lyrics and like? Yeah. Is it important to just kind of, or how have you developed as mm. a lyricist? I guess. Yeah, that's another aspect that I also kind of thought of. Most of my lyrics from previous songs are super busy. Um, like woman is like, blah, 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 you know, it's fairly you know fairly fast paced. I have a, I've had a nice time thanks that we released as a live video as well is like, I have to always think of where I'm taking my breaths in that because I'll otherwise catch myself joking, you know? So, um, yeah, so like, I, I kind of, I obviously have a lot to say whenever I do want to put it to music. Um, and the lyrics in um, these songs kind of, like 2016 out of 2015 was like a weird year overall, I would say. But then also I think I was just a bit more introvert and kind of thinking of myself in, in terms of like, um, who I want to be and, and and you know what I want to be and what I'm doing with my time and stuff like that um, and while I was doing lots of things were great I kind of felt like in some ways I um, emotionally or mentally was still kind of like in a weird or, or kind of a sad place and stuff and this is like one of the few outlets in which I'd actually express that oftentimes I kind of tend to not um, so they weren't as like energetic and so like youthful and sprightly from this early era of Shukra and Mustache Latte where we were just new friends still in college and, and you know, still not really thinking about yourself beyond that moment. And these were more kind of like, you know, configuring um, emotions in romance, configuring just thoughts and emotions overall in terms of like, you know, being a person, being so hard on yourself at a youthful age when also you have all these prospects that you could potentially try and fulfill you know irrespective of those anxieties so um in terms of that I felt like I wanted to be like more honest and the music also was just great in terms of it gave that time like it wasn't as if we were like you know knocking out songs every week we were you know revising things and revising like the lads would take so much time revising just like small snippets of arrangement because it's so like it's such dexterous music and it moves at such a fast pace like if you're listening to Jessica Fobia there's so many you know things happening in it so getting that nails down took like loads of different goals of just going you know, what are you doing there? What are you doing there? And while they're having those kind of conversations and stuff, I'd be half listening to them, but then also half just kind of jotting out, you know, different um, versions of the same lyrics, you know. So um, it was good. It was good for me as well. I felt it like it was very therapeutic at the time. D um, is it is it something that's only come like with the experience of what you've done to date? Like you yeah. wouldn't have been able to write like this like three years ago or four years ago when you were starting out? No, yeah. Um, well, even three or four years ago, I was not really like listening to or dealing with or performing with people that were writing music that was as sophisticated, you know? Um, like three or four years ago, I was kind of coming out of college. I was in CSN and we were doing, I was just doing totally different things. I was just having totally different thoughts, you know? I suppose, it, again, it was just kind of... Um, like I've done was just, you know, writing in terms of project work for like Dahi and the Galaxy and things like that. And there's a certain level of dis distance and, and disattachment in it as much as you're writing and trying to do something good. You're like listening to someone else's music. I wasn't necessarily used to performing in that kind of capacity, you know, uh, electronic, um, electronic kind of fusion traddy type of stuff that was poppy as well as like really heavy on like dancing in the club at 5 a.m. music, you know, with the Galaxy and stuff. So I, I wasn't used to writing to that format 
and I didn't know as to what it warranted. So I just try out things, send it to them. They can take what they wanted out of it, and then we'd record something properly then, you know, out of what ideas um, surface from our kind of sending things back and forth. So that's a different thing as well, because you learn a lot as well. You're like, wow, like maybe two or three lines, you know, with um, Tell Me Twice, I'm Coming Home uh, to You Love, and When I... Yeah, it's like two or three lines basically, but it's repeated and you can kind of see what the scope is for two or three lines to become a full-fledged song then with what they're doing, you know, production-wise um, versus Case Closed or Golden Blush where that is like, you know, a verse chorus structure of a song and their hooks, you know, their 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 hooks working alongside the pop format. Um, so like when you're, yeah, when you're out of, whenever I was out of my comfort zone, I didn't necessarily feel I had that room to be honest as such because I don't know what my honesty was in that you know whereas because of the fact that things had developed with Shukar like we'd gone out of the phase of just testing stuff out we've you know covered stuff and then we figured yeah we don't want to cover stuff anymore we just want to be original and, and do our own things but then just in, in having the time to kind of not be rushing and doing so many gigs and doing various different things at once there was that space to kind of just assess yourself you know and feel what you were feeling and then I guess I was just writing what I was feeling and hoping that it would fix for a long time until we've started performing like some of the songs like even of the new live set some of the songs the lyrics aren't fully set on like there's like maybe a first a chorus and a bridge or something that is fixed and then there's like tidbits here and there that I just change with every performance um which I kind of like as well because then I'm just like well I can just take that and say with it what I want on the day or night you know and go with that and you, and you find it cathartic as well just writing <laughs> just writing the lyrics and performing them as well and see, um, seeing the connection as well, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, exactly. Because I, I think that, like, you know, whenever you, like, read interviews with people that you admire and stuff like that, and they're just like, yeah, man, I just write, like, my honest feelings. I was just in the shower and I was meditating, and then it just came to me, this world, you know? And I'm like, God, wow, that's, like, that's poignant, man. You know, it's like, I don't necessarily think or discover songs in that capacity. If I'm in the shower and I think of a song as maybe a hook or a melody, but it doesn't have any lyrics. And oftentimes, like, Woman might have been one of the more honest ones as, as well initially, which was also kind of like, what, I was like 18, 19 when I wrote it, whenever I was in college, probably in first or second year and stuff, and I was starting to decide or feel or just realize that, like, gosh, I'm, I'm, I am a feminist. I've always kind of thought that. And uh, I, you know, I am a woman and a girl and I like doing that, but also I just don't like any of the constructs around what people tell you that is, you know. So then I wrote that as a kind of a discovery and assertion to what I think it is, which is necessary, not, not anything in particular. It's just like it is whatever you want it to be, basically, you know, for me anyway. Um, so then with this, with these lyrics, um, with the EP, you know, there was a certain level of honesty in it, but like myself and Melody wrote those as well. And we were kind of still also meshing as two vocalists that were singing and writing together and just being like, you know, are we sugar babes? Are we not? You know? Um, and and so there's probably still a little bit of discovering that. Whereas this time around, yeah, I was I was just kind of we were both, you know, able to just be honest about whatever it was that we were going on because we know each other well enough, we know the sound that we're going for and um, we have the time to test it out, you know. And so it was a couple of years ago that those collaborations with Dahi and La Galaxy came out. And then last year you were on the Russ and Gano family yeah. album. Did you find it different, like coming to their song from what you had done already with the, with the other acts? Um, yeah, 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 no. Well, actually what happened there was that um, Rory or Bantam had sent me on some ideas um, before I'd known that he was going to actually... Uh, make it you know put it in the album or, or do an album he was kind of just working on stuff himself and he sent me on some ideas and I, I think there were like two or three tracks 
I did some things to them and, you know, Feel Your Rhythm was one of them that stuck. And it was actually a totally different sounding thing. So then, uh, like, maybe a couple of months ago before he was going to release it, he was like, actually, I'm going to get the Russ and Gano guys, you know, on this and, and get them to test out something. And I was like, that is a class. Awesome. And he sent me the version of what, you know, the, the version of it that has been released. So, um thinking about it in terms of like collaborating with like rap as well as production wasn't something that was in my mind because I didn't know as to what was going to happen with it we were actually just testing it out I, I I had known him from working with Ema O'Donovan on the the Legion album and I was just like cool I want to work with him he makes class music and my friend did something with him and it was brilliant you know so um I said I'd figure out you know just just see as to what came out of it but the end product like is is amazing as well and he well deserved the nomination um are you working um on anything with anybody at the moment are you allowed to say <laughs> um I'm kind of always I'm pretty open to it like that's the thing I like like as you know even with Shukra as much as I feel comfortable in that I kind of just like to see as to like what doing music in whatever other genre or, or outfit would be like um I have been sent on some bits, but like I don't know. I haven't. I haven't like actively started working on on things with anyone. But I have a few like different projects I'm probably gonna get get on board with once I take a, a breathing second to actually focus on them. Um. So yeah, the the other band that we haven't really talked about yet is Lake Rama. Yeah. Uh, which we do with uh, Graham S, <laughs> producer from Limerick. How yeah. how did that start? So. I um. He more or less approached me online on Facebook. Um. He'd heard your stuff like he'd heard my stuff. I think through like he'd heard Golden Blush possibly from Dahi and might have like known of me in terms of collaborating with Dahi and In Ring and the Galaxy and stuff. And he just hit me up on Facebook and was just like, "Hey, you know, seen your stuff. You know, it's cool enough. And um, would you be interested in collaborating on some stuff? I I have this record label that I you know own myself and that did I gave me a spiel." And sent me on some tracks and I liked them. And I was like, yeah, cool, let's let's try it out. So I, I just, again, um, recorded some demo vocals for it and sent them on to see if he was interested in actually, you know, going ahead and recording something. And he was. And then it basically, it basically merged from there. Like he gave me, I think he sent on like one or two tracks. And then a third kind of as like a, well, see what you could do with this. And the three tracks were just, I just really liked, yeah, doing something, something, um, a little bit more mellower, but also kind of the production of it is like kind of Afrobeat, Chicago shuffle house stuff. And it was kind of nice to like lay on some like fairly delicate, mellow, tr you know, vocals on something that has a lot going on underneath it anyway. And and then we figured we'd put it out as an EP because we're three good tracks that we were happy with. Um, so, yeah. And then and, and again, it's kind of very similar and dissimilar in terms of the three track EP came out. Again, we didn't necessarily we had never set out the intent to be like a duo uh, or to put out music on a continuous basis but we really liked working with each other but we didn't necessarily know each other but we were getting to know each other through working with each other so as w we did was it that, all kind of done sorry was it all kind of mm -hmm. done like apart yeah like yeah. he lived in Limerick at the time I live here in Cork um, so I sent him some stuff and then I went up to Limerick to record with him um, a couple of different times and then he was like oh the make a move festival which is based in Limerick they kind of do they they promote like uh, creative um, hip-hop writing and performing and stuff like that amongst youths and stuff. Um, and then they asked us to play for it and we were like, okay, we've got a gig. And then I think that like, yeah, when whenever we put out the music, we played for Quarter Black Friday and stuff like that. So, you know, things, people were interested in it and we were like, class, cool. Um, should we keep doing some more stuff, you know? 
and uh and then we just did basically i think that we decided like maybe two weeks or three weeks afterwards we're like we should have a name and we should like well no i think we had a name before we put out the stuff but it was only kind of again in a pa- uh, as a panicked idea coming up to the release time and then after that we were like maybe we'll actually try and write like more stuff seeing as we like it because he does his own he does he collaborates with other people as well and obviously i'm, I'm still in chagrin doing whatever so it, it must almost be kind of refreshing just working with one other person yeah. for this rather than like having all of the other voices with Shukra. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah. Is there more pressure on you like with Lake Rama? Uh, not necessarily. I'm a bit of a dictator anyway. So <laughs> I'm just like, my idea is the best idea. Why don't you just listen to me? Um, uh, it's nice. Like pa- Graham's really patient, but he's also really, you know, informed in terms of he's been doing this a while himself in this world of music, you know, doing... Um, I don't know what to call it. I never know what the right terms for any of like electric, the genres. Yeah, like because there are just so many crossings. And I'm just like right. saying words at some point. Um, but yeah, he's he's well versed in that world, and I'm, you know, I'm I'm more better versed, I suppose, in, in kind of R and B poppy type stuff. Um, so it's good for him to kind of like lay down like, well, this is what happens here. Maybe we could try this, that, and the other. And I'm like, yeah, but what if we just try and do like a visual concept, <laughs> you know, <laughs> album? And he's just like, okay, let's look at what actually is reasonably, you know, accessible uh, for us. Um, so it's it's good. We're, we're both very, I think, respecting of each other's um, abilities and, um, you know, the actual work that we do so we're fairly patient with one another and we also like we live far away from each other so somehow we're a lot more productive because we know that we are not going to meet like five times a week or whatever we like meet you know maybe once a month to like record some stuff or to hash out like some ideas or you know practice things we communicate loads over social media but there's only a certain amount of that that can actually really um be effective so um we we kind of acknowledge that we like need to get stuff done and we do and like we work so much faster than Shukra does but then they're just totally different um different ways of working as well they're two different music you know and and lyrically then is when you write something <laughs> are you thinking of oh that's Shukra that's like Rama that's like a collaboration with yeah. someone else or or do you even think about that you're like oh this is a song I'll just do this with. <laughs> um yeah a bit of bit of everything like um like I, I would say that like, you know, I, I'm at the core someone that would have listened to or um, sung or like written privately more soul R&B type songs, you know. And then with, with the kind of with the exception of like new types of genres that like uh, influence me at the time, depending on what I'm listening to. Um, so a lot of the time I do end up like writing kind of neo soul or R&B-esque or even trying to like, you know, clutch onto, um, you know, hip hop based you know, um, polyrhythmic kind of l- lyrics and stuff like, or like uh, syncopation in my lyrics and stuff like that. Um, I don't ever really assign any particular type of song to any band or, or genre. But with the Lake Rama, I'd say that like the, the workflow is totally different in terms of it's not like we're jamming really. Like he might have, he works on so much stuff of his own and he might have such an archive of different beats that he's like, what do you think of this? You know, and it could just literally be just, a, you know, a, a bass beat or something like that. And I'll kind of go, yeah, maybe you know, maybe we'll work something out. Like, that's pretty much what happened with Walk. I was with him. Uh, Walk is one of the tracks on the on the new EP. And we just happened to be together, and he was going through, he was, like, trying to look for something that he'd, like, made particularly for Lake Rama, but then I heard that in passing, and I was like, will you send me that if it's not for anyone else? And, you know, I liked it, and then, and then we decided to include it in the EP and stuff. So with this, I kind of listen more because, um, you know, I'm just trying to kind of figure out what, 
that piece of music needs or what can flesh out of it, you know, with um, with Shukra, sometimes I come up with a whole melodic verse chorus idea and then they might kind of deconstruct that and kind of go, well, what chord works underneath that and, you know, work around what my vocals are doing. If Are they really busy? Do you need something more simplistic? Or is there room for the other, you know, the other instruments to to um, take center stage a little bit more, you know? Um, so, yeah, I guess, yeah, with both, we're, we're we figure it out a lot, but with the production-based stuff, it can just be like 30 seconds of something. And then I'm like, okay, so send me two minutes, three minutes, and what do you want to happen roughly? And then we go from there. So, like, Limerick obviously has a really, it seems to have like a really healthy kind of producers mm-hmm. side of stuff at the moment. And Cork as well seems to also have quite a good collaborative thing as well. Like, is do you see something in between the two cities? Like, do you get up to Limerick much? Not so much. Um, Graham's actually moved to Dublin in the meantime. Yeah. But um, I see something similar in terms of like, you know, they're two cities in their own right. And I suppose like Dublin, you know, in terms of music and what, you know, uh, things that happen in entertainment and where they kind of flourish or where the hubs of them are. It is kind of more Dublin centered and stuff like that. Um, So I think that like Limerick and Cork kind of um, as two cities that are kind of industrial or a little bit more grittier or, you know, have their own um, probably small man, you know, complexes as being like the heart of like something, you know. Um, and, and and not to say that they're not, um, but I think that they would be, you know, there, there's more collaborative culture and more um, production based music because it kind of those musics are really good at expressing like a dissonance or exploring, you know, um, that kind of, you know, that that kind of an idea and, and trying to assert that, like, you know, this is where like real things happen. People live real lives here. It's not just like a plastic, you know, um, fairly accessible let's like dance in the woodlands and be like whatever on our, our mojitos on a friday night or whatever like there's there's more substance i suppose in some ways to not to say that dublin doesn't because obviously it does have a huge world of production-based music as well and stuff but um for for yeah i think that there's kind of for it to surface as difference it has to kind of come from some place of like real life experiences and things like that and i think that people like Ross and Gano family, like really have taken a unique slam point in terms of they're just talking literally about their lives as well uh, and about being kind of like this mid, you know, Irish, but another ethnicity um, person and like a second generation immigrant, but also native person and growing up as that um, and expressing it in a way that welcomes that Irish element to it, but then also is like, you know, it, the, the beats in it and stuff like that and their style of rapping is kind of something familiar from what's been popularized in the UK and in America and stuff like that. Um, I find that I don't find that, I don't get the same sense of like a real gripping story necessarily being told uh, hugely from production-based music that's in the capital because it's it's more, it, it, it's its own struggle is in terms of like, you know, um, competing with, um, you know, other cities in Europe or, or generally and, and trying to kind of be at that level where it's like, you know, like industry noted and and industry accessible and people like dance to it in the club or whatever else. It's it's more consumed with its like big city kind of um, living, which might not be for everyone, you know, or, or well, I resonate more maybe with some other stories that are kind of just a little bit more earthier, you know. Yeah. I don't know as to whether I'm saying anything there or not. <laughs> um. 
like when when you started Shukra, were you just kind of like, oh, is there even an audience for this for this sound? You know, this kind of R and B sound. Like I was talking to uh, Jess from the band Bark, yeah. who I kind of you know think of Bark and Shukra as kind of alike in many ways and she was just saying like 10 years ago she was in kind of funk and r&b bands and like they just the audience just wasn't kind of as accepting yeah. of it mm. and you know now they are audiences are more kind of used to a little bit of everything rather than just like yeah you know guitars and indie music sort of right. thing yeah so yeah. like when you were starting out were you like ah, we'll we'll get some fans yeah, again, like I suppose we were, again, like the reason why we were even writing songs or performing it was because of the fact that we didn't necessarily see that much of an Irish um, plethora for like R&B. You know, we were kind of like, we really like the stuff, but we draw to the UK and um, the US mainly for listening to stuff or, or other countries basically outside of Ireland for the most part. Um, we knew of one band that were kind of jazz, um, like, you know, this kind of contemporary jazz, like Moonchild or like Robert Glasper, where it's kind of, it's somewhere in the R&B or like kind of popular-ish frame, but it, it's still very much like jazz music. Um, and they were Dublin-based um, called Butter. Um, I think Dermot kind of introduced us to them. And that was the only thing that we knew of that was in any way like, not like classical jazz that you'd go to in a concert, but something that was kind of contemporary uh, and interesting in the same vein as like Moonchild. Not quite as frantic as Hiatus Coyote, but you know, this kind of new age R&B jazz that's like, you know, that could be used for production music then again by like someone like Jay Dilla or someone, you know. Um, and we were like, cool, it's good. Like we were so shocked. We were like, class, like, you know, people are doing things, but it's not a popular thing. But like you can find something and and say that it's of a certain caliber and go, class, it's Irish, you know. Um, and I suppose that, yeah, like seeing something like that and just being like, yeah, I'd be flipping class if there was something, you know, if there was a band in Ireland that you can kind of go, uh, you know, plays and speaks to people that really listen to other music that can contest popularize like us uk based music not to say that that's not good but like there is nothing that there was there was very few options at the time so yeah whenever whenever we we started there were very few options and and it was only basically uh based on the encouragement that we got once we were performing in the pavilion that we were like yeah we're going to keep doing this because in the pavilion again like there was there was all kinds of music going on in there um and they invited loads of mid to like not that popular range um artists producers and bands that you wouldn't otherwise get to see you know like bad bad not good was playing played there like what three or four years ago they've only really surfaced like on an international level kind of in the last two to three years you would say on, on kendrick's new album yeah exactly that's big stuff like and also like the fact that they were like they had that you know um that vinyl with Ghostface Killer and stuff. So like they've been they've been surfacing, but like you know for the kind of left field stuff, which left field has become way more mainstream in terms of everyone wants to have like an individual, you know, a, a different taste of music to what's popularized. But that has become a vogue really in the last three to four years with like Flying Lotus and Thundercat, who would have been way more left field. Like Thundercat played, um, oh no, he didn't play in Cork. I'm lying, but like you know, you they would have encouraged acts like that to play you know, way more uh, whether or not there was a loss or a profit to be made at it just to kind of endorse something that was cool. Um, which, you know, Southern Hospitality Board have kind of taken the reins in, in doing um, once that closed down. And the Sugar Club is definitely like one uh, great place that you can rely on for, you know, for having these things. Do you, do you think Cork has recovered okay from the loss of the pub? Because people people still like mm. talk about it with you know like uh love yeah. they're making love and eyes at the thought yeah. of it you know 
Um, like, like we had the Kino there for a while, which yeah. seemed like that might be the new Pav. But alas, yeah. that's gone now. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I think that like people haven't recovered from just not being able to find something that they enjoy that's different in, in Cork, you know, which the pavilion would have catered to um, before that, like plugged as plugged and engulfed and the Triscal are great for trying to facilitate that, you know, to some degree as well. Um, but there were way more options. It was more choice. Um, and maybe there's a certain level of taking that for granted as well because you just assume that those institutions would just be there, you know, because they've been there for a while. But um, I think it's the same kind of nostalgia and like loss that if you, whenever the people feel whenever the quad closed because that was a whole era and a whole genre of music that had its hub. You know, the quad had like all, you know, heavy rock and metal and and everything in between kind of facilitated in there. And whenever it transitioned over, everyone used to go on about it. And I... I like only had you know enjoyed being there like a couple of times but I wasn't part of that scene hugely but even I had this reminiscent sense of nostalgia for being having just been there even two or three times being like yeah it was a great pub I really had a great point there and I saw a gig and it was grand and you know um so there's just less it feels like there's less you know ways in which people can go and express themselves uh, aside from like you know going to places like the electric or whatever else but at the same time you know there are some Trojans keeping things alive. Uh, yeah. Um, so what are the plans for Shukra now for the, well, for the rest of the year, I guess? You've got the album, mm. the new EP coming out on May 19th? Yep, May 19th. New sounds, more new sounds. Um, we're playing right here, right now, Festival Tomorrow Night in the Green Room in the Opera House, which will be really cool. We're closing out the festival from 12 to 2 a.m., so that'll be a hoot. Beyond that, then we're doing a tour with Billy Ocean, yeah that's gonna be cool it's a big deal my mom texted me to say that she got tickets recently and i was just like go on um so yeah we're gonna uh follow him around the country in cork dublin and belfast and then it's festivals yeah we're gonna play body and soul um ballymaloo festival as well ballymaloo malton arts festival which is a new festival launching but maybe it's not announced yet. I think it. I think it is out there. Um, uh, Galway Arts Film or Gal yeah, the Galway Arts Festival and Townlands Festival. Do you, do you enjoy doing festivals? Like they're they're mm. different to like indoor gigs. Yeah, yeah. I really like them. Yeah, but I've always loved festivals. Like I'm, I'm all for it. But I guess again, when we were doing festivals last time, we were so busy with it, and it was really in terms of we gone to festivals in a different capacity we were just like you know going to a festival and enjoying music and seeing mm. everything um and this t you know in 2015 we were like we were just tired it was just because you travel up there you know you set up and you, and you do all, all the whatever the rigmaroles to like get your wristbands and all this kind of stuff and then you can't really like you know you can't really like settle in terms of like just doing whatever it is that you want to do you want to have ample time to rest and stuff so um i think that doing the festivals this time around will be a bit more different because everyone's aware of that we did it and we saw what it was like but we also want to optimize our energy and optimize optimize our use of that platform as well you know um so like i'm, I'm as i said to you i'm going to primavera festival early on in the summer in class uh, yeah and that's going to be my like festival in which i'm fully relaxing just there to have the time and see loads of things and be inspired by it all um the festivals that we're playing will be lovely to be doing it. it'll be great to have that and i'm really looking forward to the the element of a show because i think shukra has been way, way more aware of 
the performing and you know performative element and incorporating things like dance and and you know stuff like that to it. So I'm I'm looking forward to having such a good stage in which to actually like show that off to people. My, um, I saw a band in Cork like in October a couple of years ago mm. and they had done the whole festival circuit and so they were like really in a festival mindset mm-hmm. you know Electric Picnic had just been a few weeks beforehand and they tried to get a clap going you know yeah. and it was just like oh no it's it's a completely different <laughs> thing you can't do that yeah 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 so you, you got to figure all that stuff out pretty much yeah you have to just gauge you have to gauge the audience as well even in a festival we played Body and Soul on the main stage on the Sunday in the afternoon and everyone was just wrecked and we were wrecked um, oh, because so you were there for the weekend. We were there for we'd play two shows. We played the Saturday and the the Sunday. So like, so everyone was like up for it on the Saturday. People were good to come. I was surprised that there were people there because it was like one o'clock or something. So it's still that kind of that tricky hour in which people are just like face planted into a sleeping bag and a packet of crisps, you know. Um, uh, and they came and they just kind of lay down there and looked at us. <laughs> and we were like, yeah, it's cool. You know, like this is going to be a bit jivey, but like only at the level where if you want to, you can just like, you know, twist your toes or something, you know, like you don't have to do that much to this where we sympathize, you know. So, um, so yeah, again, it'll be, you know, good to gauge that as well. You can't really know what way it's going to go. It depends on the slot. We're doing really late night slots now for, for, for um, Body and Soul. We're playing... Um, the Boomer's Lounge and the Waterfront, or the Water... Ooh, the Water something. Yes, um, and it's, it's, a, it's a midnight slot as well as a 3 a.m. slot, so that'll just be, that'll be ruckus, yeah. That's kind of how people kind of see you as well, kind of like the, the late night party yeah. band? Yeah, yeah. Party band, is that the right word? I guess so. Would you so. take that? I think that Dermot somewhere uh, would be, wherever he is in the city, would be proud that we would be associated with the party. We did a music video in which we just said in the party, he was just like, man, we have to have a like, you know. He kept sending us links to like Snoop Dogg's <laughs> <laughs> music videos. And we were like, I don't think that you realize who you are, but I like what you're going for. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Snoop Dogg, those are good goals to have. I know, but like the D-O-double-G is the D-O-double-G. If you're not born that way, you can't, you know, falsify it. Uh, I think we're way too preppy. <laughs> uh, I think that that's everything. So like, yeah, nice have, a, have a good year with, with Shukra and like Rama and all the other people <laughs> that you're playing with. Sounds 